Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Bring in Brian Edwards, Vegas Insider. He joins us now on the Brandon Moving and Sword Hotline. What's up, man? How are you? Doing great, Wes. Thanks for having me. Man, I saw your tweet yesterday about Bryce Mitchell. Got super excited, but you know, uh, I'm like a lot of people here. We uh, we follow Bryce, but we don't know a whole lot about his opponent. What did you think about this matchup? So it's your classic, you know, grappler versus striker matchup. Obviously, Bryce's, uh, you know, his bread and butter is getting guys off the ground, controlling them with his wrestling, grappling, and um, and working for uh, submissions. Uh, Ige is so he's a shorter guy. Um, he's, a, he's a pretty small guy. He's only five seven. Uh, he's got a 71-inch reach, but he is super-duper fast. At one point in his career from 2018 to 2020, he had won six fights in a row, but really only uh, the last two were the, the last two of the six-fight winning streaks were really the only, like, name guys, and they were both split decisions. In fact, the one against Barbosa um, was – that second event during the pandemic over in Jacksonville, and I had Barbosa, and it's one of the worst bad beats I've ever had. Like, all the media guys scored the fight for Barbosa, but Ige got the split decision uh, win. But since then, uh, he's only three and four. He was in a one and four slot. He's won back-to-back fights, but neither uh, guy was ranked. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe Ige is ranked uh, third right now in the 145-pound featherweight division, and I believe Bryce is at 12. So it's just going to be a matter of Ige will have the advantage in speed and when the fight is standing. Uh, and it will it will be difficult for Bryce to get a hold of him. But when and if he does, Bryce will absolutely dominate him on the ground. But, you know, Ige's speed and his, you know, fast striking on the, uh, on the feet you know, could be an issue. Nevertheless, I still the odds aren't out yet, or I have not seen any yet. Um, but I would think Bryce will be not a huge favorite. I would probably say around minus 150 or so. That's my guess. Now, maybe he will be a lot more favored, or maybe it'll, you know, it'll be a tighter line closer to a, uh, a pick on. But I would think Bryce will be about minus 150. So you'd want, if that's the case, you'd have to risk 150 to win on. Who do you like? Um, I like Bryce in this matchup. If the, you know, if the price is right at minus one fifty or cheaper, I would probably like Bryce. Now, if it were minus one eighty or minus two hundred, I would probably be looking to include Bryce in a parlay with another fighter. But I would not be willing to risk two hundred, you know, just to win one hundred if he's a minus two hundred favorite. So I, I think Bryce should be slightly favored. Uh, around minus 150. So if he's more than that, I would probably just include him in a parlay, um, assuming it's not even more than minus 200. Uh, but at minus 150 or cheaper, I, I would probably be looking to play Bryce. If Bryce is an underdog, I'd probably be looking to play Bryce, you know, pretty, you know, fairly aggressively. We've got Brian Edwards with us, VegasInsider.com. Uh, any other uh, – let's go to football real quick. Yep. Uh, we talked to you a couple weeks ago. You gave us a couple of plays. Anything new that's kind of got your attention? Yeah, so I'm going to go with Oklahoma State over six and a half wins. Now, for those that hear me say that, 
that aren't very high on Oklahoma State this year. I get it. I'm not really that high on their overall roster. I don't think this is a, a typical Gundy team in terms of talent. But with the season win totals, and this one's over, this one's only six and a half. Um, season win totals. The, the schedule is more than half the battle, uh, in my opinion, and. Uh, the Cowboys avoid Texas, they avoid TCU, they avoid Baylor on the schedule, and they get all four of the new Big 12 teams being BYU and Cincinnati, who they both get at home, and they are at UCF and at Houston. Um, they've got Kansas at home, they've got Central Arkansas at home. Now, South Alabama in week three at home could be a tricky non-con uh, home game. In fact, I don't think Oklahoma State will be a double-digit favorite in that one. Uh, I would probably make the line around seven right now. But you look at their road games, I think they're all winnable. I'm not saying they're going to win them all, but at Arizona State, which is in rebuild mode, at Iowa State, which you know is off a bad year, at West Virginia, Neil Brown on one of the biggest hot seats in the country, and like I mentioned, at UCF and at Houston. And last thing on this, Mike Gundy has won at least seven regular season games every season except for one since 2008. The only year they didn't win at least seven, which is all we got to get to here, uh, was 2014 when they started five and one, but then they lost five in a row. Um, and four of those uh, five losses were ranked teams. So just with one exception, at least seven every season since 2008. Brian Edwards with us. Brian, we were talking in, in, in a break. We haven't talked about it on air yet, but if Texas goes to Alabama and gets just handled, you know, beaten down, the, the Big 12 is so week and I see why they're picked to win the Big 12. They they can run the table. Is there is there a chance 11 and 1 Texas with that one loss being badly to Alabama would get so little respect they could get left out? Well, uh I, you know, I think a factor, well obviously a factor would be, you know, uh does the Ohio State Michigan loser have that same record and then it also might come down to if Texas is 11 and 1 who are they playing in the Big 12 championship game, and what's their record? Like, let's say Oklahoma's the second-best team, and that's who they play in the Big 12 title game. But Oklahoma State only goes 8-4, and four, whereas let's say a Wisconsin goes 10-2, and two, and that's who the uh, you know, Michigan-Ohio State winners. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just kind of depends on a lot of things. I, it, it, for Texas, uh, and then obviously they would want Alabama to have a monster season if that's their only loss. How big of a season does Alabama have? And then you know who, who's their Big Twelve championship game opponent? Are they eight and four or are they ten and two? Uh, you know, so it just kind of depends on a lot of variables. But I would I would like Texas's chances. I think they would obviously take eleven and one or you know twelve and one going in the Big Twelve championship game. The only loss at Bama. Um, and I would like their chances, assuming Alabama wins, you know, goes at least ten and two. If Alabama would only go nine and three, eight and four, that would hurt their chances. And then if you know their Big Twelve championship game opponent is only eight and four instead of ten and two, that would hurt their chances. Yeah, way too many factors for me to be thinking about that yeah. this far ahead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, um, hey, Texas hasn't won ten games in a regular season since two thousand nine. Yeah, so they should this year. I mean, they. Uh, they are easily the most talented team in that conference. Hey, talk to us about Florida because that, that's a big game for Arkansas coming up uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, uh, they'll go on the road. They've never won in the Swamp, 0-5, but 
Arkansas is coming off of a bye that week, and I know Florida has a huge game before they play Arkansas. Uh, what what are the Gators going to look like this year? Um, I have never had. I've been going to Swamp since '81 and following this team religiously since the uh, since 1980. And I've never had lower expectations in my lifetime. I've never known the quarterback room to be this bad. I mean, even those years where Treon Harris, there were two years Treon Harris played quarterback most of the way. I mean, we had Driscoll at the beginning of one of those seasons, and we had Will Greer at the beginning of one of those seasons. I've never gone into a year with a quarterback room, you know, so dreadful. Only three scholarship quarterbacks. The third string guy's never taken a snap. The second string guys only started one game, and the Gators scored three points. Now, that wasn't all on him, but um, and it's like you just noticed, it's a perfect, you know, situational spot, if you will, for Arkansas having two weeks to prepare. Florida in the natural letdown situation, uh, coming off the Georgia game, and in, on November fourth, you're not dealing with the normal heat you would be mm. dealing with uh, in Gainesville, especially if it's a night game. So. I think the the spot sets up beautifully for Arkansas. Um, and right now, you know, I would probably say it's a, a coin flip game. If it was pick them and I had a gun to my head, I had to bet it, I'd probably bet Arkansas right now. I think Florida goes anywhere between four and eight. And, like, you know, seven and five is probably their ceiling. Um you know, if they were to clip Tennessee or FSU at home, and Tennessee has lost nine in a row in the swamp, um, maybe, may, you know, maybe they get eight and four if some of the coin flip games get, go their way. But, like, I don't think they win at South Carolina. And South Carolina's got two weeks to prepare for that game as well. And I don't know that they win at Missouri either. So um, it's going to be a rough one for my Gators. If it is a rough one and a bad one for Billy Napier, is he in trouble? Well, I mean, right now he's got the number three recruiting class in the country for 2024, and after year two, his buyout is $32 million. So he will be in trouble with the fans, I know. But, I, you know, unless the AD gets fired, which I am a strong uh, fan of that happening, unless the AD gets fired, I, I really can't see it. I mean, unless it's just three and nine um, – and nobody and like nobody is in the stands. You know, if empty bleachers, um, empty bleachers have a quick way of, of of making buyouts seem a lot less than they really are. Because if you're not selling tickets, and uh, the whole business, you know, the businesses and the bars and the restaurants aren't doing good in Gainesville on home football weekends, um, that can make that 32 million seem a lot less. But uh, I'm pretty sure he gets to 2024, especially if the recruiting class stays intact. Great to catch up with you. Brian, thank you for your time. Thanks, Wes. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Brian Edwards.